Welcome to episode one of the Boldly Vulnerable series, produced by Ina Sequoia. I'm your host, Megan Spokhorst, and I'm so excited to have you join us on this new content venture. Starting things off a little bit differently in episode one. Last week was the 11th annual Global Entrepreneurship Week, and in celebration, I hosted a panel conversation on mental health and entrepreneurship. The panel featured three incredible guests who boldly shared their stories and experiences in front of a crowd of about 50 current and future entrepreneurs. Together, we explored why entrepreneurs are particularly susceptible to experiencing mental illness, how we can better support our personal and community mental health, as well as provided tips for managing your business while experiencing a mental health setback. I hope you enjoy the conversation and find insight and inspiration for your own mental health journey. Microfinancing 
business development programs, and mentorship to entrepreneurs overcome mental health and addiction challenges. In 2015-2015, he has supported entrepreneurs in launching and growing their business in a variety of industries, and has supported them in securing financing for RISE. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. And finally, on the end, we have Natasha. Natasha started using national skin, or natural skincare about eight years ago still. Sure. sure. Yeah, I don't even know what year we're in, so <laughs> eight sounds good. Um, and that's like her curiosity in finding cleaner brands to fit her needs. She was drawn to the more unknown and smaller makers that were creating really incredible products, and she decided to bring these powerful products to more people and opening her store with Jared Apothecary, located on West Queen's West. And it is a organic head-to-toe skincare boutique little pin in her. Jared Apothecary has called Queen Street West home a long visit to all my friends for four years now. Thank you for joining us, Natasha. So we're just going to get right into it. My first question is for both Natasha and Natasha. So I was hoping you would mind sharing a bit more about why you both decided to start a business and if you considered or prepared or thought about what it might do to your mental health. Um, so I actually started my entrepreneurial journey um, in response to the mental health issues I had around having my daughter. Um, and so I had severe postpartum and I had also um, PTSD after a very traumatic birth. It was fun, you guys. Beautiful. <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, I was in a really toxic work environment and I realized that I needed to sort of create an environment that worked with my new life and my new lifestyle. What I didn't realize is that um, becoming an entrepreneur meant that my business was like another baby. I was taking on another kid. And so there was a, an added set of challenges that came um, with motherhood, I guess, in, in the other sense. Um, so I had a background in corporate. And when I was in corporate, I kind of saw all of these big companies taking over the little guy. And I wanted to make a home for the little guy. I wanted to give these brands a presence and let them showcase who they are. I think my biggest issue right now with uh, the way the market sort of represents brands and the way Nathan Toronto sort of showcases smaller brands is obsolete. And I think we need to give these brands a focus because in the end, we're all trying to make a change. The reason, obviously, I went natural is because my lifestyle was moving in that way. I think we all make the change with how we're eating first, and we are very aware of what we're putting into our body. But no one ever realizes that our skin is our biggest organ, and what we put on our body, or yeah, what we put on our body is absorbed. So eat all the healthy food you want, guys. If you're putting chemicals on your body, doesn't work. So little by little, I started to research, and little by little, I started to learn about what Canada has to offer. And um, it really inspired me to open up a business. Um, but I, I don't have any children, but I have a child, and it's five years old, and it runs me down every single day. <laughs> But it's okay, and because I get to, you know, and I have other little children as well, and they're all my brands, and I get to talk to them every day and educate them on what my consumers want and what they need. So 
I'm kind of like a big mommy to everyone, and it's tiring, but it's it's good. So then I was really curious to see you worked with so many entrepreneurs who actually have experienced mental health and addiction issues in the past, and so they're aware of their mental health more. And so when you work with your clients, is that a big concern for them, or because they have a history and they that you're more prepared to handle with them, deal with their mental health, do they focus and worry about other things when they go that? Oh, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, at Riot, we do support individuals who are starting their own businesses, and uh, all the entrepreneurs who work with uh, have experienced a mental health addiction challenge at some point. It's a challenge declaration in working with us. Uh, I guess what I'd say to answer your question is, first of all, if you've experienced a mental health challenge at some point, uh, it's probably something you're always going to manage, and it's ongoing in managing mental health challenge, so I don't think that that changes any point, uh, whether you're operating your own business and succeeding with your own business, or uh, not succeeding, you're still managing mental health at all times. Uh, so that side of it is always flowing through, I would say. Uh, as far as worrying about mental health, I think if your, if your business is able to succeed, then hopefully that uh, helps uh, exacerbate some of your mental health challenges and the effects of having a mental health challenge. Uh, so I think uh, the businesses we work with arise if, if you're passionate about your business, uh, and, and if you're uh, doing something passionate about, accomplishing your goals, um, have a sense of routine, purpose, uh, identity with your business, then hopefully that's uh, also helping you manage your mental health in a sense. And uh, so I think through that, we see all the time arise, and we can serve on as well. If, if your business is doing well, your mental health is probably also doing well or in a better place. Uh, we, we, I see it every day in clients that work with growth planning program arrives. Uh, if you reach meeting your goals, and that's kind of true in any, any walk of life, right? whether it's spiritual employment or self-employment, but if you're meeting your personal goals, uh, probably putting your mental health in a better place. So does entrepreneurship uh, improve mental health? Uh, you can, I would say, and we see it all the time. Uh, does it make you uh, uh, worry less about your health, potentially, I would say? At the same time, you're always managing them as well. <laughs> so then, once your business or your client's business starts beginning and becoming picked up, were you or are they prepared to deal with mental health? What are some of the things you wish you could have done differently, and what are some of the things that worked in terms of mental health care? Um, so, kind of touched on it earlier, I don't think I was prepared for it, so I didn't really come in and talk about it. And, you know, I always thought an entrepreneur was really
that the business came first. Everyone always says to me, why can't you come here, and why can't you do this, and why can't you be there, and why are you doing this, and why are you always canceling? That really affected me because I felt like I was being just a bad friend, or a bad girlfriend, or a bad child. And I couldn't be at anything, like I couldn't, just, I couldn't do everything, and I still can't do everything. So I spread myself extremely, extremely thin when I first started the business. I was focusing on the business, but also focusing on these friendships that I was trying to maintain. In the last year, I just said, I love this Okay, I just said fuck it. <laughs> um, I changed my life completely. I stopped drinking, which and I was drinking. Because, like, I, again, not, in the social life is whatever you do, you gotta do. But I stopped drinking. I stopped going out. I have, I can probably say, like, five true friends now. And actually, someone said to me this weekend, oh, did you go to so and so thing? And I was like, no, because I'm not in that community anymore. And it's okay to not be in that community anymore. Because I built a whole other community of people that love me and care for me and care for my business. So that took like three years for me to learn that I was not putting my energy and my time into the right place. And I was trying to do way too much for people that actually didn't care about me. So I think that sort of affected my mental health because I wanted to please everything, and my business was kind of, it wasn't failing at any point, but it wasn't growing because I wasn't putting that energy in there. Sometimes I'd be so tired, and I didn't want to be at the store, and when you're at a store, you have to talk to people all day long. It's not like you're hiding behind a computer and you can be hungover. You can't be hungover and do your job properly. Um, so my moment in life was saying, to a lot of people in my life, and I'm so much better without them. It just, it really has made such a difference. So, on your point of my business has made my mental health better, <laughs> it really has. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I would say, uh, well, the clients I work with, ones that have a lot of success, tend to be the ones who are setting reasonable goals, <laughs> reasonable goals for one thing. Uh, so, not trying to accomplish everything at once and, and trying to take a business and manageable steps. But as you said, maybe most importantly, is you know, as an entrepreneur, you have the choices to surround yourself with the people you want to surround yourself with. So whether that's clients, uh, suppliers, partners, um, you know, someone you employees, contract workers, uh, you do have the, the authority to choose uh, and sense who you're working with a lot of the time and who you don't want to work with. So uh, definitely, you know, surrounding yourself with people who you respect and respect you is quite important in, uh, in managing the business. And also, I guess I would also add is, uh, you know, you can you can also give back a lot of your own business as you see with your business dash and and then you right now and your businesses that uh, you know essentially you have an opportunity to give back a lot through through your business and that can be a little outlet for uh, managing mental challenges as well. So. For those who to necessarily know if you're going to pay your bills, you're choosing not to necessarily know 
someone else's bills and uh, the pressure, I think you'll understand of simply having a staff to pay for, I mean, it's, it's insurmountable. Uh, that being said, when you do it well and those little wins, it's such a rush. And so I actually don't think that people have mental uh, health issues because they're entrepreneurs. I actually think we choose to be entrepreneurs kind of because we have these mental <laughs> health issues and we crave that rush we get from uh, a project that does well. Uh, but yeah, the two, the two go hand in hand. They're obviously not mutually exclusive. Um, but I found the community, uh, especially in Toronto, there is a community of entrepreneurs that, that can be quite supportive if you know where to go and who to talk to. Yeah, just to follow up on your point, Ash, about uh, in a lot of times in the underground business, uh, you weren't doing it maybe as a result of mental health challenges, as much as mental health challenges can be worked on the business. Uh, and I think uh, there's just obviously stress involved with having a business, uh, with the stress involved with anything uh, climate related. But I think uh, Ryan, there's a lot of businesses that have started that are art based businesses that have started as a result of mental challenge or, or wellness-based businesses that started as a result of mental challenge or businesses that have went and decided to hire people uh, from maybe a shelter or a community of, uh, of uh, struggle uh, because they themselves have experienced challenges. So it's, uh, it's a way of giving back, as I stated earlier. And, and also, uh, you know, we see, we see businesses where people might be providing uh, services for people with disabilities or with certain mental health challenges. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's uh, entrepreneurship is is usually uh, an opportunity that can emerge from experiencing mental health challenge. And I think if uh, you know family, friends, or yourself experience these challenges, then it often creates a sense of uh, resilience and independence, and um, that emerges from overcoming the challenges, which is that challenge and something can manage. Uh, but uh, I think that's also very very uh, you know much a tool. That can, that can come into play for a few managing businesses that actually build to overcome your mental challenges. Obviously, financial, I just said earlier today, right before, um, don't create a business and live your life as if you're employed by someone uh, because you still have to pay rent and money might not come in and you always have to manage that. But I also think um, a lot of people think that they're alone in whatever situation they're in, and you're not alone. And I'm big on talking to other businesses, or for me, I talk to other retailers, uh, or business owners, or whatever your area is, talk to people, because they can help guide you, and you'll realize that you're not the only person, and for me, if Queen Street's quiet one day, you're like, why is no one coming into Bird Square? Wait, like, why? But then you realize, oh, so it's no one's going to the same as You know, it's not just you that's in the situation. That's the biggest thing. I feel like don't be embarrassed to talk to people. So I started my full-time entrepreneurial journey four months ago. Uh, no, I still have not stopped yet. But I found recently that there are certain things that can trigger my mental health and mental illness a bit more. And they weren't things that used to trigger me in the past. I mean, like traveling. Suddenly, it's harder to travel. I don't necessarily look forward to it as much, even though I love what I'm doing and I love where I'm going. So, is there any aspects of your businesses that trigger you into almost a, a slump? I had a really good answer for this earlier. I'm going to Do that all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, I, I think that because I get such a rush. 
rush for my job, I find it harder to do my job in business. I actually find it harder sometimes to enjoy other aspects of my life in the same way. Like after um, you know, chasing down clients all day and, and being in a million and one meetings, um, having to go home and then, you know, be someone's wife or be someone's mom. I mean you, you never get to put it off. Um, so so for me it wasn't actually certain uh, challenges within the business. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is hard, but that's the easy part of life. I think it's more sort of how entrepreneurship fits into my life as a whole that has been the challenge for me. You know, I was like a couple years younger and like had no other responsibilities and no other people, and I really could shut the rest of the world out and um, focus on my business. I think it would be a lot easier for me. Uh, that being said, it's illegal. I looked into it. I can't shut the baby out. And so I'm stuck <laughs> figuring out how to balance these things. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Probably not, but. Sounds good. And not exaggerating. That's all I asked for. Everything? I don't know. Yeah, like every day you have to a different challenge. It's just how you sort of get over that challenge. Um, I think oh, everyone's on Instagram, right? Instagram is. The, my biggest trigger. I don't understand it. So if anyone gets it, please come talk to me and educate me on it because I don't get it. I don't understand how you. I mean, it's like a full time job. It literally is. And that's that's nothing. That's full time job, basically. Right. And online. I already own a store. Online is another store. So there's all of these other elements that you don't realize when you're running a business that you also have to sort of cater to. I'm not a big Instagrammer. I'm trying to become one in five years of running my business. Now I'm trying to become one. And um, yeah, I didn't realize. I just thought, oh, my goodness, it's going to fall into place. It doesn't. So those are the things. I guess you just need to, maybe I was just blinded by it when I started my business, but there are other avenues that you have to think about with your business that sometimes you don't realize. Like, you are your business. So I was out one night. A few years ago, and I was drunk, and I ran into a customer, and then she came up to my store and talked about how drunk I was. Embarrassing. So you know, well, you, life happens, and don't really care. But it's one of those things where you're your business, and sometimes you forget that because you're human, and human things happen. But you always kind of have to represent your business. Yeah, we do find a lot of individuals that why that's the problem is that they. And sharing their story can be pretty empowering for the community and also themselves. Uh, so, so that's also something to consider, I think, if you're an entrepreneur is if you share a bit of your story, you don't have any detail about it. Uh, it doesn't be overly specific, but give a little background on your, on your journey and uh, where, where you're from, and, and that story can be pretty impactful and inspirational as well. So, so then, back to you, Steve. In your work, what do you see as the largest hurdle for entrepreneurs experiencing mental illness? I guess usually it's getting started, to be honest. I think most people who come to us have a real sense of their strengths and uh, whether it's the skills or the knowledge base or insights that are going to support the business. Most entrepreneurs we work with have a good sense of that when they come to us. Uh, but they need to get started, so we always say we do a lot of primary research, go to events, get feedback, get initial sales, getting in your confidence. And usually it's getting past those initial hurdles and actually talking to people that they get. Gets people going, 
Uh, and once you have that confidence, it's, it's pretty hard to stop at times when mental business, which is uh, that's the hardest thing to find in the beginning, is just getting, getting going, getting started. Yeah, I remember that um, So then, Tanesh, we both run agencies. We both work with a whole bunch of different clients with different personalities, and sometimes they like to forget that they aren't their own clients as well. So. When it comes to client relations, what's sort of the biggest struggle you face, and how do you manage that when experiencing a mental health setback? Um, so this is something uh, I uh, came up with my own little solution, which I think is probably an obvious one. But uh, as the agency's grown, I'm not quite as client-focused as I used to be, so people get on board because they like me great, and they never see me then because I don't do the account work anymore. Um, so that had been sort of an issue where, you know, and I understand it from the client perspective as they wanted me personally to work on it. Um, and so the one thing I did do is uh, put a little clause in the contract. It's like, I'll check in with you on these dates, and, and that'll help. Uh, but honestly, the biggest and most helpful thing sort of within the business has been creating a team. You know, my team is my structure, and I don't expect to have a team that doesn't have mental health days or whatever it is. I tell them all the time, listen, you're feeling under the weather with this job, we can do it from anywhere, like, take a day off, you're fine. Um, but that goes both ways, right? So my team, if I'm not doing okay, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, and as an entrepreneur, you want to be there, and you want to have your hands dirty all the time. Um, but, you know, there are just days where um, I just want to stay at home and myself and watch Netflix or watch the office reruns. And I think that if you have a team that understands you, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to go into details or whatever it is, but if you can create a company culture that values mental health just as much as physical health, like if someone at your workplace said, I broke my leg, I'm staying home, you wouldn't bat an eye, right? Um, and so by creating that sort of culture, like my team really respects each other, and that includes me when it comes to just taking a day off. And they, uh, we've set up processes that if I'm not able to do something, there's at least one person who knows pretty much everything and can just take over. It's creepy. I feel like you're reading my mind because I'm currently on day five of the office for the yes. third time. So good. I can, we can reenact the entire show. So. So Natasha, then to you, you own a brick and mortar, a completely different ballgame, um, and you touched on it a bit. But you have to be on all the time. Customers come in all the time. You you can't just stay at home in bed watching Netflix on a whim because you have a store to open. Yeah. So what advice do you have for others who need to endless and answer those endless customer questions and show up a hundred percent with a smile on your face every day? The customer is kind of right. You can't take, and I say this because, I don't mean to be rude when I say this, but people have entitlement, and that's totally fine, but if you feel like you're better than someone, don't project that on the person that's trying to help you, and as a store owner, don't take what people project onto you heavily. And just drop it to the side. Um, I feel like, especially in the service industry, you get treated like trash. And I don't know why, but people, and this is where the entitlement comes into play, people feel like they can just talk to you however they want to talk to you because you're there to serve them. That's so not fair. You have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea if I have 10 kids and I'm working my 
fifth job and I'm trying to go to school, you know nothing. So, you know, if I say, hi, you know, like, welcome to the year. Just, hi, that is a great thing to say. Um, even if you're having a bad day, you're making my day a little bit better by saying hi. Um, and the worst thing for someone to do is they look at me and they treat me like crap and they don't realize, and then I, and somehow in the conversation they find out if I'm the owner, oh, they're two totally changes. And it's like a, they were hooked and like the angel was dropped down. Don't do that. Just treat people with respect. Just as you would want to be treated with respect. Just because I'm making a copy for you, or I'm taking your garbage out, or I'm dropping off your package, just be nice. I really think that's the biggest thing because you have no idea what this human being is going through. And you have no idea the challenges of their life and what they're trying to do or who they're trying to support. So I think that's my biggest call out and the biggest thing that I learned being in the service industry because I had a worse service since I was a teenager. And in, I'm 36, so at 32, I opened my store. And at 32, I realized, oh, I'm doing service again. Man, okay, that's weird. And I have to deal with people, and I have to deal with attitude, and I'm an adult woman, and you're younger than me, and you're giving me attitude. That is not black. So just be nice, because again, you have no idea. A smile goes a long way, period. I'm the type of person who, when I'm hit with, with a really bad day of depression, I like to burrito. I wrap myself in blankets and I don't emerge from my birth for days. And I know this is going to be damaging for my business. I can't do that. I can't work emails for multiple days. So when an entrepreneur experiences an unexpected mental health slump, what's the best thing they can do for their business? And the first thing they should do when they see sort of the sign of, oh no, I'm in trouble here. I think you guys might answer this best probably, but. Uh, from my perspective, I'd say, first of all, deal with your health. <laughs> uh, you can't manage a serious mental health challenge or a moderate mental health challenge and really move forward your business with a lot of momentum unless you're really addressing that mental health challenge itself at first. So, first of all, address the mental health challenge, but uh, you know, in the meantime, to keep the business going, uh, maybe take some, some of the peripheral activities that you focus on sometimes, take a, take a month or two off from those. So, you don't always have to be marketing your business, especially if you already have clients. Uh, you don't always have to be growing, growing partnerships. Uh, think about what you can do uh, just in, in working with your, your, your sustainable way or clients during those times. And if you need to take a couple days off, that's probably not going to hurt the, the business in the long run either. So uh, cut yourself a bit of slack too. Uh, it doesn't have to always be perfect. And I think that's a good message in general is uh, give yourself credit. And if you're having mental health, Challenge, particular challenge around mental health for a period. Uh, give yourself credit, give yourself a break, uh, let yourself get back on track gradually, and uh, have fun with it too sometimes. Um, I'll kind of echo actually a little bit of what you both said. Um, Maggie mentioned uh, seeing the signs, like when you first see the signs. Um, you start to know that, right? Like you start to know, like if I'm just really fussy one day or if I'm walking through and I think to myself, oh, we need a new play, then I know I'm just not going to be in the best place for the next couple of days. Please don't laugh at me. It's not funny. It's me. It's me not funny and you're not laughing. Um, and so, <laughs> thank you. I'm laughing. Thank I'm you. laughing. I get it. Thank you. I have some support. Um, and so, what I do when that happens, so my husband and I developed a system. 
system is uh, we'll, and it's kind of to check in with ourselves, but also check in with each other. It's a scale of one to 10, like 10 is I'm probably too happy, and then one is like, you know, real me and I'm about to jump. Um, and so we'll just give each other a number, you know, like instead of saying, you know, how are you, like what, you know, good or great or whatever, I'll just be like, babe, I'm out of three. Or, you know, he'll say, I'm, I'm, I'm out of two today, I've had a really bad day. And so the one thing we do is sort of change the way we act around each other for that. Um, the other thing is, again, realizing that if you take a day off or take two days off or whatever it is, ask yourself what's the worst that could actually happen and nine times out of ten it would be nothing right you could just email all your meetings that you have for that day and say hey sorry something came up see you next week let's reschedule and then that's the end of it um, but we put all this pressure on ourselves um, and we sort of divide our lives into wins and fails uh, but I think if we just step back and treat ourselves with a little bit of kindness we'll find those episodes easier to manage and they become less scary. And when they become less scary, they become more manageable. Yeah, I think you just have to be okay with doing nothing. Like, I have one day off, stores closed on Mondays, and I plan a hundred things to do for my personal life. And then I wake up on Monday and I'm like, I'm not doing any of nothing. And that's totally fine. I'm going to order pizza and do nothing. And that's fine. Um, also, you're right in the sense that, like, the world isn't going to fall apart if you're not there. And I recently, I've never taken, like, I very rarely vacation. I tell people I don't get sick because I'm not allowed to. And I always feel like my body knows when it's a Monday. It's like, oh, you have a headache, or oh, you know, this doesn't, you know, whatever doesn't work. But, um, you also need to look at like your personal life. Like work isn't everything. So if you're not in a good place in your personal life and you're like letting that sort of be put behind where I think it should be put equal, then you have to sort of reevaluate that. Um, and if you need to take a day to be with your partner, you take that day to be with your partner and you don't check your emails and you don't do those sort of things because that is the best thing for your mental health. And with all the changes that happened in my life, my partner moved to the East Coast. So now I have a long-distance relationship along with a business that I have to run. But I've made it a priority that I will go to the East Coast every other month to see him. Or he'll come here. But like, if I'm there, it's okay if the store is closed one day. And like, if I can't have someone cover my store the entire time I'm gone, that's cool. You'll come back, or you'll shop online, or you'll come back the next day. Like, it's not like I'm saving last year. And it does, I'm saving my own life by taking a vacation, which is the most important thing. So, take vacations. The last question for you guys then is what can we as the entrepreneurial community do better to ensure better mental health for us all? So, this is a good start. I think talking about it, but I think. Also, when talking about these things, we want to scratch the surface, surface level, like appropriate stuff. Um, and I think that coming together as entrepreneurs, um, being an entrepreneur, I can say the word, being an entrepreneur is very isolating, right? I mean, there's my husband, in my husband's job, he's saving lives, and so I know rationally that what I'm doing is not that important, but at the same time, he can't understand the pressure. Again, paying people's paychecks and not only making sure our bills are met, but other people's bills. 
And the only other people I find who can understand those struggles are other entrepreneurs. So I think, you know, we can be so involved in our own businesses and things like that, but just making a little bit of room for other entrepreneurs to kind of be like, hey, you know, I need, I need to chat really quickly. Um, that makes all the difference. So I think uh, part of it is understanding that we all have challenges in some capacity, and so mental health is just a challenge, and there's many different challenges that people face. And if we routinely agree to hear the word stigma and breaking down stigma, well, I think uh, that's just the foundational part of it. You also have to think about you know, how do we really seek to understand, uh, support, relate to people with mental health challenges, uh, admire people with mental health challenges. And so it's not just about breaking stigma, it's about a little further than that sometimes. Uh, and then also it's, it's about thinking, you know, uh, who do I know as a, as a friend or a family member who might be experiencing mental health challenges? What accomplishments are they making on a routine basis that I can look into and be appreciative of? And, and, and how can we how can we move forward as a community to improve the lives of those facing mental health challenges? Uh, so at Rise, where I, where I work, uh, we work with people of many different types of businesses, many across many different industries. Uh, some people experience acute uh, anxiety, uh, depression. Uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, uh, autism, uh, but on uh, a routine basis we're seeing them have success with their business. So new clients, new location, creating a marketing plan, great relationship with a mentor, uh, just got financing from us or uh, completed our training program. So so there's always uh, strides to be made and, uh, and again, this is where I work, I see it all the time. Uh, so uh, you know, a lot of it's just believing that uh, the mental health challenge can be managed, and it's a challenge, but you manage, and it's not, not the forefront of who you are, or forefront of how you're moving forward. Talk to your kids, plain and simple, talk to people that are also entrepreneurs, and yeah, and having conversations just helps. Don't bottle it up and think that you can fix things on your own. Talk out, the biggest thing. Hello? Okay, there you go. Um, I'm just wondering if you guys can talk a little bit more about uh, kind of like what you look for in your partners, like in terms of relationships and stuff, um, and how, you know, you manage that more strongly, that relationship, because it's a little different dynamic than like a friendship. Okay, so for me, um, when I started my business, I was in a relationship, and the relationship needed coddling and the relationship was the like social aspect of my life so the person that i was with the support was totally different like i needed to, needed to support this person versus receiving support from them and that's where i felt like i sort of like let things slide like these sort of things like if i was asked to do something like this i probably would have said no because after store hours I had to go to this person that needed me, but they needed me on a social level, not like a relationship level. So when I ended that relationship, my life was hell. Like, it was the worst experience I've ever gone through. And now the relationship that I'm in, that person made my life hell, not losing the relationship, just so you know. <laughs> um, now I realize the person that I'm with now, even though that we're apart, it's the best relationship that I've ever been in because of how that person supports me. 
how that person, I think you just, kind of like what your, you and your husband do, you support each other, you have your little key things that, like if you're having a really shitty day, they understand that you're having a really shitty day. It's not like, oh my gosh, you're being such a bitch, da 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 It's, oh, she went through something, so let me like, be a little bit softer with her, or let me try to understand, even if I don't understand, let me try to understand where that she's coming from, so I can make this person that I care about feel a little bit better. Um, my life is totally different because having a long distance relationship is the craziest thing I've ever had. But we make time for each other. We talk, we FaceTime each other every day for at least an hour a day. And that is more than I can say about any relationship that I've ever been in in the city. So you have these city, I say city relationships, but you have relationships with people and they just, they're not in the relationship. They, they don't even care. I find if you go, if you're personal, you're trying to build a business, and if the person that you're with is not supportive of that and understanding of that, bye. What's that mean? Okay, so I'm either a good person to ask about this or not. Um, so since we're being honest, the house and I are taking some time to figure some stuff out. Um, I think their relationships are interesting in that, and I realized this, I had an ex-boyfriend who, I, I don't know, I'm getting some questions, but whatever, I started this story. I have an ex-boyfriend who's an entrepreneur <laughs> like me, like just high achiever, um, and we very much have the same sort of personality and spirit, and, uh, you know, I met my husband and I was like, oh, that's great, thank you, and so I forgot about him. Um, but then after a while, my husband's not quite as type A as I am and things like that, and that would bother me. Um, but then I grabbed lunch with this old boyfriend of mine, you know, since we've both gotten married to separate people, whatever. And we're talking business and it's great, but I realized there would not be room for both of us in the relationship. Is that there needed to be sort of the person who's like, I'm here, here are my dreams, you know. Um, and also the person who was okay kind of taking a step back and just being supportive. Um, whether he didn't have or doesn't have the same career aspirations or whether it's just that person takes care of you. Um, you kind of mentioned it as well, Natasha. I think a big part of it, though, is balance. And I, th I think that's when things tend to go out of whack a little bit is when you are constantly, um, you know, like parenting someone. And it's sort of like that's my line now is like, like I already have a baby and it's not you, so like you need to <laughs> exit. Um, that's sort of it, right? It's really finding that balance and finding another adult person that you can do it, who can support you, and who you can support, but also who's not going to take up that much of your time. Like, it's too busy. I don't have time. Like, mental time. Like, mental you're, time. Yeah, yeah, not like, like dragging exactly. your mental right. health down, essentially. Yeah. Um, Life is, I can scream, I'm very loud. Uh, life is hard and you don't need someone making it harder. So, you know, the like, you're not here for me or you canceled this or they don't understand where you're at in your life and they don't understand what you're trying to achieve. So unless it's like really something to fight for, you're the most important person and what you're building is super important. For someone who's um, dealt with mental issues, um, we talked about triggers. Um, 
how do you deflect those triggers? Because it's kind of so easy, easy, easy to get into it. Just like, how, like how do you question yourself in that moment instead of just like going the easy route? Of like falling into what people want you to do versus what you should do. Yeah. I mean, I know this question's for me. <laughs> um, it's hard. It's hard to like deflect people. I have a super rubber arm and I want to please everyone, but you can't do that. And you have to learn to say no. That word holds like so much. No is not a bad word. No is okay to say. Um, if and who cares if you're not at the place or the event or whatever? Like, you're, you first come first, and then your business, obviously, is the most important thing. So you have to just stop having that rubber arm, really. Um, and the true people that love you will be there in the end. The true people that care for you and the true people won't actually put pressure on you to be at those places or, like, if you slack because you weren't there. You know, you can support people in so many different ways, but you have to support yourself and your business in the biggest way. Otherwise, it will fail. And you'll learn that through experience. I mean, I made lots of mistakes. Uh, luckily, I'm still surviving. And now I've grown and I know, and I'm sure I'm gonna make many more mistakes. Someone asked me to do a podcast about Oh, what are the previous mistakes that you've made in your career? And I'm like, I bet you any money, my biggest mistake is coming. <laughs> so don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to have a rubber arm. But just learn from learn from those mistakes. I'm not sure I truly understand the question, but um, in terms of triggers, uh, you do start to notice what they are, and there are certain triggers you can avoid. Uh, Natasha said that avoiding drinking just really made things a lot easier for her. I do sort of, I'll do the same thing, just like I'll limit um, drinking or smoking, um, or, or I'll say like this is what I have going on, and I'll, I'll almost schedule things in. It can get really event heavy, this, this industry can. Um, also, learning to say no is another thing, right? Because, like you said, like at the beginning, you're just, you, you're afraid to turn down any opportunity because you don't know what opportunity is going to be that huge one for you. Um, get better at filtering those. Um, and then the other thing is you want to add value to your time. Someone said once, uh, another entrepreneur said that you should be valuing your personal time at $1,000 an hour at least. And I was like, okay, like, no. Um, but I actually do because if I look at the cost of the business and the cost of me running, and that also helped me in terms of uh, with client one-on-one -on -one meetings, um, if you value your time in that sense, you'll be a lot more strategic about what meetings you're taking and, and sort of what events you're going to. And you're able to sort of measure the ROI, even if it's not directly dollars and cents, um, and then organize your days a lot better. Hey guys, so I work with organizations to create psychologically safe workplaces, so I help them with their mental health strategy. Uh, just a scenario question for the three of you, um, if you had a, a large organization budget aside, what do you think is like the ideal kind of mental health initiative? Is it something as kind of intangible but effective as like uh, manager training, having managers who are more like mindful? Or do you think it's uh, the other way you give them an app and the app will solve everything? So just uh, what do you think is a, a, a nice mental health initiative for a company to do? 
I think for sure it depends on uh, the company, right? So if it's a creative environment, a room full of creatives versus a room full of you know, accountants, it would probably be different. Some people may prefer the app. I think that every leader should have sort of a mindful uh, approach when looking at these things. And, you know, it seems almost basic. Maybe it's a generational thing that there's a basic understanding of mental health and that there isn't stigma around it. Um, and also, like, a, a sense of comfort because you spend most of your, your days at work, right? Your work does become your second home. Um, and I love looking at some of the things that companies are implementing, like morning yoga, morning yoga or even, like, the 10 minutes of meditation, whether it's through an app or otherwise. Um, I find these little things really make the workplace more enjoyable and, of course, um, make it more open for people who are struggling with mental health issues. Yeah, I think a lot of times we're just immersing yourself in the local, driving more of a connection to the cause, and so it's about staff and empowering them around mental health. Is connecting with someone who has a mental health challenge, you need to know them a little more, and not just their challenge with them as a person. How can you support them as a person, and also seeing them beyond the challenge? Uh, so a lot of it has to do with just education and awareness in the beginning, I think. Uh, and really, it's more of an attitude thing than fucking app, I would say, more of an attitude in the beginning. I would say it would be like a person-to-person thing. Um, I also like that companies are incorporating like wellness as well, like workshops and such like that. So it's not just about work, it's about that creativity, how you teach yourself, how you do this. Am I allowed to say a company? Yeah. Okay. Shopify is the best company, if you look at them, to what they do for their staff. It's incredible how well they treat their staff. And they have these workshops and incentives and team building, which I think really just help the mental health of everyone within that company. It's pretty brilliant. Hi, um, first of all, thank you so much for your talk. I think it's um, really inspiring just to hear from other entrepreneurs. And I think, you know, there's this really, um, this perception about entrepreneurs and having, you know, no mental health issues sometimes and having to like keep it all together. Um, and so I guess my question is, um, for someone who's a new entrepreneur, um, what advice would you have um, for someone who's just started their business and who's maybe feeling overwhelmed, um, <laughs> sort of like me, because <laughs> I'm a new entrepreneur and I find that um, sometimes it's, it's um, easy to get overwhelmed when it's all relying on you like, with the business. So if you have any advice or anything, that'd be appreciated. Thank you. So I mean, everything, I mean, people all obviously work differently. Uh, when I was starting my business, it was about not forcing it. Like, if I was planning something and something didn't work, I didn't force my idea to happen. I stepped back and I looked at it and looked at how can I maybe, you know, take A or B or C because if I forced anything, then I wasn't going to love it in the end. Um, and talk to people. Like, you're creating something for people in the end, I think. Uh, so talk to people, have people experience, learn what people have to say. Don't take any sort of negative comments as like, they're giving you a negative comment on your idea and you're like, guard out of you be defensive about it. Absorb it and let it sit and hear what people are saying because everything in the end, you know, 
multiple people might say the same thing in a different way, and that's just going to help you grow what you're trying to start. Yeah, I think keep it pretty simple in the beginning and stick within your comfort zone. Uh, that you surround yourself with people that are close to you too, just about the business in the beginning. And you're interested in feedback from family and friends, make sure that's a big step. Uh, and, and don't put too much pressure on yourself in the beginning too. Uh, so there's no sense of putting a ton of pressure trying to put on a lot today, but don't put a ton of pressure. And you know, if you're thinking about how you stand out in the beginning, your competitive advantage doesn't have to be 100 things out of it, it two things or Three things. Uh, that being said, there's a lot of ways you can stand out too and remind yourself of that through the beginning. Is there's lots of ways your business can be better than someone else. Maybe it's just you show up today, every day, a little more, or give a little more, you're more personable, or your marketing plans are better, your locations are better. This goes on and on. But so they think there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity that can just be open, uh, but stick within your comfort zone. The other thing is redefine what entrepreneurship looks like and find what that looks like for you. Um, there's this really damaging, I think, misconception that entrepreneurs need to be working all the time and every second and every night. And, you know, we just pound the pavement and we, as a community, we tend to glorify this image. Honestly, fuck that. <laughs> I think the best entrepreneurs are the entrepreneurs who can, like, create passive sources of income and work just a couple of hours a week and just, like, goof off the rest of the time. Start Reevaluate. You guys are nodding. That makes me feel so good. Thank you. <laughs> um, start reevaluating that. And there are books, of course. There's like four hour work week and all of those. Um, some of them are a little lame, but they're they're <laughs> <laughs> not that one specifically. But some of them are a little, you know, like unless you're a white man, you can't do it. But um, some of them, <laughs> I am seeing truth, you guys. Um, so <laughs> uh, so for some of them, though, I think you. you to find what that looks like for you, block out time. Say, I'm going to take this day every two weeks to turn off my phone and turn off my laptop, and that's fine. And be okay delegating. I think that's the other thing. And I mentioned it earlier, but we want to be a part of everything. Um, it was such a huge relief for me when I started being okay delegating things. Um, one of the biggest things our agency did this year was put on a, you know, a conference-style event. And you know, for me, I can say hands down, it was the, the biggest thing I've done to my done, done to date for my career. Um, but I also know other people who host events are just like these manic messes, like leading up to it. And you know, you're trying to control every detail. And, and the route I kind of took was like, but at a certain point, like if it's gonna mess up, it's gonna mess up. We just have to deal with it and go with the punches. Um, and I found the event, the event to be a lot more enjoyable that way. So just Find your own normal, and but don't stick to other people's standards of entrepreneurship. You'll be okay, and also welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, ask yourself if you're really passionate about the business, because uh, you have to do it pretty much every day. So, uh, as I was just saying, like, yeah, ask yourself if you're really passionate about this. That might be the most important first thing to ask yourself in starting a business. Uh, you know, I like this. Well, I have so much to say, but I'm going to try to keep it short. Thank you again to all three of you, to everyone who joined. I really appreciate how honest we were able to get today and, and how open we were to hearing our stories and our advice. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. And happy Global Entrepreneurship Week. Have a good night.
special thanks to Nesh Pillay, Stephen Cope, and Natasha Goyal for joining me on this open and honest panel exploring mental health and entrepreneurship. Stay tuned for more inspiring and radically honest conversations as part of the Boldly Vulnerable series produced by Ina Sequoia. I'm your host, Megan Tupokorst, and thank you for listening. If you like what you heard and want to keep following on our journey, hit that subscribe button or join our mailing list at innasequoia.com. 